You're listening to the Chelsea Zerna Podcast, a podcast that inspires conscious leaders to live meaningful lives and to get in touch with the deepest parts of the human experience. My name's Chelsea Zerna, and I'm a women's empowerment coach with the mission of rewilding the feminine back into society. Each week, I have a conscious conversation with best-selling authors, inspiring leaders, and spiritual lightworkers who aren't afraid to step into the unknown and explore the greatest truths of life. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Chelsea Zerna Podcast. I'm sitting here with Estella Kuhn. She's the founder of Inspiral and Freedom X-Fest, a festival dedicated to the location-independent movement. She refers to herself as a freedompreneur. She lives an intentional lifestyle while building incredible businesses. Welcome, Estella. It's amazing having you. Hey, Chelsea. Awesome to be here. Yeah, so Estella and I met in Bali in person um, probably in November of last year, and we've been keeping in touch since. She's doing incredible things in the world. So Estella, I'd love to hear a little bit about uh, about what really inspired you 10 years ago to get into this space when nobody was in it. Yeah, those are many questions. I'm so happy to be here and to be chatting to, to all of all of you about the lifestyle that I'm living now and how it kind of came about. So originally I was born in Budapest, which is a tiny Central European country not many people know about. And age of 18, I left. Like I always knew that I want to travel the world, I want to live in different countries. And, and I was really inspired at an early age to do that. So I left to, actually I went to the US to study in high school and then I went to London for university and stuff. And there were many different things that were really influencing me. But one of the really interesting moments when I was taking this class in London about um, anthropology of cyberspace, and I remember when I first heard about anthropology of cyberspace, like, what the hell is that? And it's basically the study of humans in the in, on, online and how online interactions changing the way that how we interact with each other and how they you know shape our world with, with, with the current evolution of technology. So I remember that that moment, I was like, wow. I, I just really understood that what ability that we have with the technology that we have um, and the internet and how online businesses can create an amazing positive change in the world. And for me, that was really the, you know, that moment when I, I, I felt I, I, I know what I got to do, like what is my kind of like mission purpose on, on this planet. And since then, there was a long journey. I've done many different things. Uh, but I remember in 2008, one of the things that was challenging for me is to be able to, to set up a business um, and to be in London. And at the same time, I just wanted to travel. And the two things didn't really go well together. You either be an entrepreneur, you either be in London, you either be going to all these different mm-hmm. conferences and do all the work that you got to do, or you travel. And I remember I didn't understand it. It's like, why can't you do both? And it's super interesting that just 10 years later, it's actually something that many, many of us are doing. And it's becoming increasingly more accessible, popular, and there's so many tools and resources out there. So it actually becomes like a super fun way to be building businesses. Yes, amazing. So yeah, 10 years ago, you, you realized that you had this revelation of wanting to get into the, uh, into the nomadic space. And I feel like this is something that is seriously taking off. Like there's so many people that want to do this, but there's also a lot of barriers to doing it, right? Like there's fears around that, just kind of like you were saying, 
Um, and there's also this beauty of it because you really do get into this minimalistic uh, kind of lifestyle. Yeah, for sure. And I guess that for many people it may sound a bit strange. But uh, to be honest, like age of 18, when I left, I left with one luggage that I could take on the plane with me to the US. And I lived from like a bag or like one or two luggages for the next 15 years of my life. And for me, it just became like something that was normal, you know. And because I had this traveling lifestyle, I just needed to keep things to the minimum. And I actually learned a lot from it. Like I have to say that I learned a lot um, about just being minimalist and just really feeling what is what is valuable to me, like what is important. And then kind of like, and keep recreating my life every few months. Like that's a really interesting thing. I guess when you travel, when you move to a new place, you always yeah. clear up your closet, you clear out your things and you start new. So I was starting new every few months and that gave a quite an acceleration to my life. Yeah, that's awesome. So you kept going through these uh, transformations, not necessarily transitions, but you were literally transforming yourself and evolving. So what do you think was kind of like the the catalyst to starting Freedom X? Wow, Freedom X. Lots of things led up to it. Like to be honest, I just I kept having these amazing conversations with amazing human beings, you know, in Bali, in Thailand, like wherever I was, and I just always I wish that I recorded them. Because there were so many great conversations yeah. and just insights and, you know, sparks of, like, something new. And, you know, and I just really wanted to record them. So I think three years ago, I thought about setting up an online summit and just making these interviews available for anyone to watch. And that was Freedom Summit in, I think, in 2016. We ran the first one, or 2017. And that went really well. And we had about 20 people. We had thousands of people register and come through and kind of, like, listen in. And there was a sense of like, you know, interest and engagement, but it was still online. So you couldn't really touch other people. You didn't really know like who's on and who's not. So, so I remember actually I was in Bali and after Freedom Summit, a few weeks after I was doing yoga and I just had that moment. Like sometimes when you do yoga and you can go deep in yourself and you just kind of flow and then sometimes ideas come. And I remember I had this spark of idea, like let's create a festival. I'm coming to Europe, let's do like a live event. And I remember I, said, I, th- I thought to myself, like, who the hell I am? Like, why would I create a festival? And I have not, not I know nothing about it. But I, I thought it's a fun idea. And I thought that, you know, if I'm coming to Europe and I'm going to be here for two or three months and I better do something during that time, so why not a festival? So the next day I just called up a few friends who are running different events and different things in the space here in Budapest. And I said to them, like, hey, guys, what about we run a festival? And people loved the idea. And we had pretty much three months to, you know, to to create the event. But everything just, yeah, just kind of aligned really perfectly. We had an amazing venue, um, just amazing people turn up. We had tons of people coming over from Bali. And we had a 250-people festival in three months. Uh, and that was, you know, yeah. Oh, very cool. That's great. And so, um, yeah, and, and you also talked about doing impact work and creating another kind of venture around impact sailing, getting a bunch of people literally on a sailboat <laughs> and creating these amazing ideas together. Yeah, that's that's something that um, is still on my wish list. And I'm kind of yeah. waiting it to 
come into fruition or to to being when it time is right and yeah that's that's something i don't know like maybe some of you know about cobalt and uh, that started also three four years ago a traveling co-working space on the catamaran traveling the seven seas and the mediterranean and the different ocean and caribbean and different places so i know the guys who started cobalt three years ago and or four years ago and I just, I remember when I first heard about it, I was like, wow, like what an amazing idea. Like, I love the idea of sailing. I love that you can go to remote islands and just beautiful locations. And how cool is that you have entrepreneurs and like-minded people on the boat who are, you know, just working on their projects or doing like masterminds and workshops. And, and, and yeah, I've been following Cobalt, uh, what they're doing and when they're doing it. And and then Carsten uh, was at uh, the, the, the previous Freedom X that we were running in Spain. And he just had this like kind of like a revelation moment. He's like, I want to start up Cobalt again. Like we're going to be launching on the Caribbean. This is what we're going to do. And so we were supporting the project. And in the meantime, like we were just keep talking about like what else is possible and like why, you know, what else we could be using these catamarans for. And then we had this idea of... Um, creating impact sailing or creating sailing with a purpose uh, where it's it's like, you know, it's kind of like a retreat or it's like a trip where you have a group of entrepreneurs uh, coming on the boat and, and sailing for a week. And obviously we have lots of fun going to beautiful places. But what if we would also have a mission, like a shared mission that everyone agrees on for boarding the boat and that mission is larger than ourselves so that mission is for like a you know like a charity or a local uh, project in africa or somewhere where people really like off you know skills resources money like all the different things that they would need to make that project reality or to make it to take it to the next level and they have lots of challenges you know many times uh, people struggle with you know online stuff they just don't know how to create their website how they did try traffic you know just there's lots of um basically gaps in you know uh, in knowledge so basically what 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 the idea is that we would be uh running different boats you know possibly we can run more like four five or even ten and each boat would uh, serve it a mission so you would have these different organizations who are you know presenting a challenge presenting a cause something that they really would need and basically the boat is uh recreating that for that week so on that on that week we can be creating a new product we can be launching a campaign we can do fundraising we can do you know selling a service we can set up a new company we can set up like we can get really creative to do something for the charity that's going to be also long lasting and then all profits going back to that cause so that way you know the whole experience of the, being on the boat is really fun but we also utilize the people who are there, utilize our skills, our, you know, time and energy. And, and, and it also becomes like a, like it's almost like a real education because, you know, people come to Freedom X as well to learn about online marketing and to learn about, you know, different skills. But when we do it together, then it's so much more powerful. And, and when you have a, a, a powerful group of people together and everyone have a different skill set and different resources, then suddenly, you can just unlock exponentially more and you learn from the other people. And that becomes like real knowledge that you take home, you put in your own business, you know, in other projects. And another thing that what I feel and, and you know, we haven't launched this in this shape. I can talk a little bit about like what we're going to do next month. It's kind of like a pilot to this, but, but 
but what I what I what I really love is the the, the potential that when we are you know when we are building our own businesses, then sometimes we have those kind of like limitations on you know what we can do, what we can't do. But when we do something for someone else or for a better cause, then suddenly we feel so much more limitless because we go like wow like you can just move mountains because it's bigger than yourself and i feel that as entrepreneurs like tapping into that potential is like a win-win-win and it's an, like a beautiful like uh, you know potential and growth for everyone um that i would just love to experiment with these kind of projects and see what we can create Mm, For sure. Yeah. And there's so many people in the world that are quitting their jobs or taking their jobs um, internationally through having a digital marketing agency or through some sort of online online business um, or a company that allows remote work and moving to different places. Um, Are you seeing any sort of trends in the digital nomad space in the future around uh, this nomad movement and kind of uh, beyond just what we're doing right now? Yeah, absolutely. Like I feel that, you know, partly being a digital nomad or partly, you know, starting like doing things a bit different. It's like it's a constant experimentation. So, you know, we are constantly stretching the boundaries of what is possible and seeing like what else and what works and how does it work. Like I remember even five years ago, when I was setting up agency and I said, I want to be running a remote team and it's going to be all remote. And people were looking at me like, you are the only person in this whole program with like hundreds of like digital, you know, agency owners who was talking about remote. Like what is wrong with you? Like, you know, like you can't be doing that. Like you need an office, you need this, you need that. And I was like, no, actually I don't because I don't want to have be locked to a location. I want to be remote and I want to create it that very flexible way. And, and you know that even that time like that was kind of like uh it was not such a common thing and then now like look at remote companies like look at you know like um companies running with like 100 200 300 people uh totally remote everyone's working from home or from different locations um the amounts that saved in office spaces and just like it's like totally transforming the way that how business is done and I feel that this is just one example. There are so many, and we are constantly discovering more every day um, of what else is possible. I really feel um, like some of them, maybe I just name like a few that right now I'm kind of experimenting with or what I feel are really interesting. Uh, one is through, yeah, through remote working. Like I'm just really seeing that how teams' performance uh, can increase and how the amount of time that we actually sit front of the computer can decrease like how automation and all those kind of things like change that you know we don't necessarily have to work that hard or that much but we just work smarter and more effective and utilize all the different softwares and skills and things to assist you in that and then you free up your time to do more things that you're passionate about and that makes you healthy and fit and think well and you do more meditation so i feel that there's like great or like i'd like to see a great level of like well-being and you know the the priorities are shifting from that kind of like work hard push hard money mindset into a more kind of like you know, let's do great business, let's create great value and let's enjoy our time. Let's, you know, uh, spend more time with family and friends and, you know, go on company retreats and that kind of things. So I feel that like that, that human well-being increasing, that's, that's a really cool mm-hmm. one. That's a good um, one. And another one, 
maybe I mentioned one more crazy one. If if if, uh, if you want to hear that, yeah. um, that's that's experimenting with energetics in 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 companies. So experimenting that if we are not necessarily utilizing. Um, you know, all our decision-making from our minds or from our egos, but actually uh, having a deeper understanding of like what energetic looks like and what the company needs and making decisions from that place, like that creates a really different uh, kind of approach to be growing businesses. And that's something that is like a really recent experiment that we're running, but I'm super excited about like how that turns out and how we can make it more tangible to, you know, for more businesses to make it available. What, what would that look like? What's an example of um, energetics in business? Because this is something that I think conscious leadership and, and operating businesses through understanding energy is so crucial. What is What does that look like for you? Yeah, exactly. So we are working together with, uh, with the partner company who are doing more like energetic measurements. And basically we are looking at like all kinds of things that I used to make decisions from, you know, like a purely kind of intellectual space. For example, you know, who are the new team members we on board or who are the new clients that we are, you know, uh, talking with or who are the sponsors that we are, you know, making relationships with. So I used to be like making many of my decisions from that intellectual space. And often I spend lots of time, you know, just going through applications. We would make like a, uh, a job post and we would have like lots of people applying and then going through that and 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 trying to you know find who's the right person and fit for that position and now we're experimenting with um actually doing an energetic measurement of the people on the names and then from energetic actually shows you who are the right person for the job like who's the right fit so you don't need to go through like you know 10 and 50 and 100 people and trying to work out in your mind but you actually just measure it and you have a much closer understanding that who are the people who are really investments with your company who's going to be delivering the most value who's the company giving the back the most value to and what is the direct flow that is going to be a mutually benefiting relationship so yeah it's a it's a really interesting experiment and i'm curious to see like right now we started only a month ago so i guess i need a three months or six months to have a bit more like tangible results but so far it 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 is so accurate and i'm getting much more easy um flow making decisions from a space which is neutral and you know and it's not influenced that how i feel or you know if i'm stressed or not or any of that stuff because it's just energetic it's just there and and that's really interesting i feel that you know once is by using the names so is it numerology or what is it specifically like looking at the energy of a person's name yeah exactly but it's not it's like i'm not doing it personally like we are working together with a partner company that and then that's what they do and and i'm just seeing the results so i'm just getting back results and then i i test and then i and i see you know like how that works out on on a longer run um yeah, with a few small, like I can give like a one specific example um, that we we had a measurement on all our team. So we have about like uh, 15 people on our team as a remote team. And we did the measurement of each, like, you know, the, the whole team and just the names, uh, but how people perform, like how people are in the company. And, and it was really interesting because one of the guys, just a week ago, I was thinking that uh, we should be raising his wage. Uh, because he was not earning the amount that you know he's supposed to, and I, I had that thought 
but I just didn't get around it. I was busy with other stuff. And, and, and I also like, uh, yeah, so I was just, I, I, I didn't take an action. And then when I, when I saw the names and I saw that the amount of energy that they put in the company and the amount that they take out, it was not in synchron. So for him, like we needed to, you know, to give additional benefits and additional things in order for him to be uh, receiving the same amount that he was also putting in the company. So that was a really kind of like a simple example, but for me that was so accurate uh, to get back those numbers and those measurements without anyone would know that what is hap happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's really, really interesting. Mm, that's super cool. Um, and I, I, I want to ask about this concept of building community remotely and how companies are seeing basically community and collaboration working even when people are in different locations. Because I, I see a lot of companies actually struggling with that. And part of the reason that I um, decided against doing remote work in the same way was because I felt very disconnected from the team, very disconnected from the company itself. Um, are you seeing any? Are you seeing anybody doing it right? Anyone doing um, something revolutionarily different? Well, I, I feel like I can only give. Um a reflection on, on, on the companies that what we run and like you know the teams that I'm working with. Like we have and of course like it would be great to ask the different team members like how it translates to them. I feel it's also a personal thing. So for some people remote work is a super um you know it's a super like comfortable way of working. For others they may you know kind of like miss to have more human to human connections so i think it's like also depends on the person that you know what environment suits them the best but personally like i'm, I'm a totally remote person because i'm always moving around i really enjoy to be working with remote teams because it gives me the flexibility and the, the freedom to you know to really um stay in my own flow and i feel that we have a really beautiful flow in our team like i feel that even though everyone is, you know, in their own locations and doing their own thing, uh, we are connected. Um, and, 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 and most of the people who are working with us, that they really crave that kind of flexibility and freedom and they actually really thrive in it. So, so I feel that, um, I don't know if I have like a secret recipe or something. Like for me, it's, it's definitely about team culture. is super important. Um, if people can, and, and I think it's also shared vision. When people can connect to work other than just a form of making money, then that's a different thing. Uh, if someone's work, and I think it's the same in any you know, environment, in any office, if people are really feel deeply connected to the work that they do and to the teams that they are working with, then suddenly like, there is a much deeper connection that can be transmitted online or offline. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, for sure. When I was working at my old company, there were like 400,000 employees. So I think the company was so large and they were trying to implement a remote work uh, program. And it was actually really challenging, I think, because of the size. And there wasn't necessarily a shared vision because there were so many different teams that the, like each team had a different vision. Um, but as a unit, as a whole, there wasn't a lot of synergy there. So I think maybe the size of the company could impact um, that as well and the level of happiness and the level of uh, collaboration that remote workers see from that. 
Yes, for sure. Like company size is definitely a big thing. And I don't know about like huge, um, you know, corporations or like, you know, above like thousands or hundred thousand people, like how that would work. Like again, like we are working on a really small scale and I know companies who are, you know, like doing really good at like, uh, you know, 10, 50, 100, 200 people remotely. Like that's kind of like a manageable good size. If you go really big, then I guess that there are a lot of other questions of the time of the type of teams and there's a lot that comes into the picture. And also I think it's time because many of the companies are starting to adapt more remote practices, but it's going to take time that it becomes the part of, you know, the company culture. So we can't really expect like a, especially like a huge organization to be making a shift from one year to the next. Like that's something for new companies are much easier as they are established from that space. And then like already established ones to kind of shift, like that's a, that's a different type of challenge than starting new. Mm, yes, for sure. So now I'd love to switch gears a little bit and talk more about you personally and about your journey um, in your own spirituality and, and consciousness um, development, whatever you like to refer to it as, um, just your own energetic <laughs> development. Um, so yeah, was there, were you always in the conscious space? Cause you're living in Bali, like the most spiritually conscious place in the world. Mm. Were you always interested in that? Did you grow up like that? Yeah, that's a good question. So well, I, I, I born and I was raised in Budapest, which is a, you know, it's, it's a really different kind of mindset. Um, what you have here, but I also feel that I always been really in tune with my inner child. So some parts of me never really grew up. And I feel that as children, like we are so tuned in to who we are and, you know, what we are came here to do on the planet and all that kind of stuff. It's just as we grow up, like we often forget. So, so for me, like my childhood and that kind of like connection to my inner child was always super important. And I always, you know, I, I treasured it. I really, I really did. And I guess that probably, um, that's also the reason that I was attracting things and people and, experiences in my life um that helped me to you know to nourish that so i had um yeah i had some beautiful experiences uh when i was maybe 17 18 i went to south america first time i spent some uh, days in the jungle i talked with a lot of shamans and heard about ayahuasca first time and you know and and and, and those experiences really kind of like shaped the the choices that i made and i was always a bit on the edge so I always like, you know, tried something that's different, that's kind of like not really known or not really expect, accepted. And my journey took me to London, uh, which is a um, really interesting city with lots of different, you know, type of people and experiences. And some reason I went through a really deep spiritual transformation in 2008 in London um, that I still don't know exactly where it came from or how it just kind of I just had really strong experiences of energetic, um, just light coming down in my body. And sometimes I couldn't really speak for days. And I, I went on a really interesting deep journey for about a year. Um, the journey took me to Mexico and spent lots of time with the Mayan highlands and the pyramids in the jungle. And yeah, it was a, it was a really deep, um, dive into myself. And I guess just, you know, like my existence and my purpose on the planet. And um, 
um, I, I, I do remember most of it, but in the same time, it, it's also like a distant dream because it was so out there. It was not really like a, an experience that we would say that it's, it's, it's normal. Like I couldn't really uh, fit it into my normal life. So it feels like just a journey that I needed to go on for a year. And then coming back from it was a quite challenging one because obviously coming back to London and to society and kind of trying to reintegrate into something that I was so far from um, took me a few few months and a year. And then now it feels like that, you know, everything that what we experience is the part of who we are and our journey and just kind of like allowing the puzzle pieces to unfold and doing our best to just not be in the way, I guess. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. And how did you end up in Bali? Yeah, so I spent about, yeah, the 15 years traveling and living in different places. Um, I lived in many different countries and I often stayed longer. So in Mexico, for example, I was living for about three years and London for a few years and I went to Peru and Spain and, and then I went to Southeast Asia in 2014 traveling bali actually yeah that's really interesting i just remembered um i got a newsletter um one one day i was living in portugal and i was already feeling that i should be going somewhere else but i didn't know where to and i received this newsletter from new earth haven i think and i remember i just saw akasha i saw hubud i saw a few pictures and i was like that's it like that's (laughs) and then it, it took me a good four six months to arrive because I was in Thailand and I took a little boat trip to Laos and yeah, I went on a few other excursions and, and then I arrived to Bali and, and Bali feels a really special place to be. Like it feels like home. It feels, you know, that it feels that part of my soul was there before. Like I kind of have almost like childhood memories from certain places and people and smiles and, so it's really interesting. Like I feel that you know we are multidimensional beings, and we we know so much more what we think we do, um, and maybe on a different realm. So yeah, Bali feels like a beautiful, beautiful place. That right now, like I, I feel truly at home, and I feel that you know we have lots of work to do there. In the same time, like I'm I'm free spirited, you know, and I'm not attached to a place, or I'm not attached to you know anything i'm just really happy to be and to serve where i've got to be and Bali is like a yeah it's a special paradise for now and i'm really grateful for that mm, yeah and how has that minimalism impacted you and your maybe even spiritual development wow that's a that's a good one and that's super interesting that it came because especially this is the first time in my life after 15 years that i got an apartment and i i bought things uh, it's true. And the day that I was moving into the apartment, I, I watched the movie Minimalism. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I highly recommend it. It's an amazing documentary on Netflix. And yeah, I feel that there's like so much to that and so much to really tap into and understand like what we humans really need. And, 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 you know, and, and also to see the spectrum. And like, for example, in my life, it's really interesting because 15 years I needed nothing. Like I just literally, if someone would have asked me 10 years ago, like, do you want a house? Do you want stuff? And I would go like, no, like definitely do not. And, and, and it's really interesting that, you know, I also change and I'm, 
I, I embrace that I'm changing. Like I embrace that I become like different, you know, person or in different cycles of my life. And I'm just always really curious to see what that brings. And I feel that living so minimalistic uh, for so many years really allowed me to, you know, to really be in touch with myself. So I did. I didn't really define myself through things, or you know, I didn't really compare myself based on like what car I have or how big my you know house is and stuff like that, because I didn't care. Like for me, what was important that you know I have the most essential things. I learned how to live from nothing and to be still okay. I learned that how you know people who have nothing actually are really happy like a different sort of happiness that they hold. Um, and I learned so much, like, honestly, like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, it's so much that, that I learned in during those, those years. And yeah, there's definitely one around, you know, just cleansing. I feel that sometimes when we have lots of stuff, then we, you know, we just kind of like over, over, um, you know, flood ourselves with stuff. For sure. And, Exactly. And then, you know, and when we, when we travel or when we move to a new place, then you always have to glance, like you always have to let go of things and then, and then you embrace the new. And for me, that was definitely uh, my part of my journey, uh, that every time I lived in a country, like, you know, I accumulated a few small things and then when I moved on, then I just give it away or I left it there or I give it to the next person. So I started again, I started again. And every time I started in a new country, I was actually a new person. So, you know, and sometimes when I was living in London, I lived really different than I lived in Mexico or when I lived in Ibiza. And every time I embraced, you know, my new self in that new environment and kind of, it, it allowed me to live many lives, actually. Like looking back my past 15 years, I feel like I've been so many different person already and I lived like so fully each chapter of my life that... You know, it, it, it just feels like there is so much more we can experience as human beings totally. of ourselves in, in the time that we have on this planet. Totally. Yeah, because you have, I, re I really like that too, because it's almost like uh, our belief system shapes our identity and every country carries a different energy. So it's like, as we go to a new place, we experience new culture, we're introduced to new things. We also become different. And we have this, obviously, like this true essence of who we are, but then this cultural conditioning around us is shifting and changing and evolving. And if we only stay in one place our entire life, it's almost like we're limiting ourselves from growth because we're not allowing ourselves to expand and shift our belief systems and change our conditioning. And I really believe that in a total shift in paradox, like when you see the duality in something, that's when you actually can find the wholeness and like the truth behind it. And, and I think that's also where a lot of spiritual awakening even occurs. It's like when you can shift your belief system and see something in a different way, then you start to become true with who you actually are. Yeah, exactly. And you're not so attached to things. So you allow just to, because everything is ch like change itself is life itself. And when we can truly embrace that and actually embrace it and say like, wow, that's amazing. Today I'm a new person. Today I'm going to experience this. Today is going to, like then suddenly it's like accelerates and we are becoming the flow itself. We become life. We become nature. And that's actually much more our 
you know, true nature, then when we try to like stay stiff and hold on and get upset that, oh, you did this to me, you did that to me, like I'm not changing. I'm not, it's like, no, like we can actually just embrace it and flow with it. And, yeah. and it, it, it shows amazing things when we are open to it. Totally. It's almost like we put boundaries around what, what is mine, what is yours, creating like this energy of possession and it stops the flow of energy in between all. So it's almost like we contain ourselves when we do that as well. We don't allow yeah. other people to enter other things to enter our little bubble that we've created. Yeah, exactly. And that's when, you know, when we travel, like that suddenly just disappears. And even if you're going to keep in place those structures, it's going to fall because it just cannot stay because you know as you said it's a different culture it's a different interaction things happen out of the blue that you just have like didn't expect and you got to deal with it so it's really i really feel like travel for me was one of the most amazing transformational journey that you know that i've ever been on and i haven't stopped being on because i constantly utilize that you know experience in my life to keep like unfolding more of who i am and yeah, it's super interesting. I'm loving it. And how does this mentality, you think, uh, impact you as a founder? Like, how do you see yourself um, and your flow in running businesses based on these experiences versus, um, you know, versus a stable founder? Or I don't I think we even need to compare it to anything else. But how do you feel that it, it's impacted you as a founder? Yeah, that's an interesting one. Like, I always been an initiator so i just like i'm kind of a weird one because i like change i like everything that's new i like everything that is impossible i like you know everything that is um just outside of the norm so like i almost like have this you know this drive towards things that is um yeah that's just a bit challenging so for me um i guess to start something new and to prove that it can exist that's like for me it's a big driver and that's actually very interesting it's probably coming from also uh some family stuff is that you know that constant feeling when uh you're you as a kid like you kind of like see visions you see things and people uh said you like no that doesn't exist like don't keep looking at that like no that you can't do and i'm like yeah but i'm gonna I'm going to prove it. Like, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to, you know, so that's always been in me. And I guess that that's the drive that um, I'm launching into new projects. I'm launching into new businesses is that curiosity. I can, like, no, like no one said that it's, it can happen. So can I make it happen? You know? And then I guess I'm inspiring enough to be inspiring some other amazing human beings to come along on the journey and create something new. And, you know, and, 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 and it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's really is a, is a driver. And I guess that that's, that's my two primary thing is to be an initiator and to build bridges. Like those are the two things that I get to be doing and, and I'm happy doing those for sure. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So the next Freedom X event is in Bali in the beginning of next year. It's going to be beginning of April. In the beginning of April. Okay, amazing. And what are you most looking forward to? And how can people find out more about this event if they want to get involved? Yes. So it's still a secret location, secret dates. So it's uh, for the, the adventurous one for the next few months to, 
to jump on board uh, before we announcing the exact things. Uh, what's yeah? Well, I feel that Bali is going to be a really amazing place to host this event because we have already an amazing community of change makers, entrepreneurs, and people on the island who's doing amazing work. But also, we have quite a few people flying in and just bringing in lots of wisdom. And we basically mix spirituality, business. Uh, bringing topics with uh, schooling, education, uh, co-living, co-working. Uh, we bring in lots of like body movement, yoga, meditation, and just creating, uh, it's kind of like a conference in the festival where everyone can tap into what's the most relevant to them. And we're also creating lots of spaces where people can brainstorm and mastermind and come up with new ideas. As you were saying as well, Chelsea, that there's like so much new things that what we can create and we even don't have the, like we, we, we grasp potential but we almost need other people to be co-creating it with so in the festival we do create lots of spaces where we have a theme where we have like kind of a you know, like a theme or, or something to work through or a mission but we allow that co-creation that collective energy to unlock the potential of that and i feel that that's the, the, for me that's the biggest one like that's really the the biggest you know potential and intention of the event is to bring together like-minded people and be really evolved together and and create something that just hasn't existed before mm, that's awesome very cool so for now it's for the adventurous people who don't have a data location that just want to go and buy a ticket um but in the future in the next couple of months we'll get a date and i'll post that uh, I'll post that out when that date is finalized for people who want to go to Bali, experience the digital nomad movement, be surrounded by a couple hundred other digital nomads who are all traveling the world, living out their passions, doing what they love, getting into that mix a little bit more, and potentially doing it for uh, some sort of an impact and having some sort of a mission while you're there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so if you guys are interested to check out that we have uh, www.freedomxfest.com slash Bali 2020 secret. So that's mm. going to be the secret link for now. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast and for joining us today and sharing your story. Well, thank you for having me, Chelsea. It's been an amazing discussion. I love chatting with you. All right, we'll talk soon. This episode of the Chelsea Zerna podcast is sponsored by Wildly Woven. There are very few things in this world that have impacted me more than getting out of my default environment and exploring a new country. That's why Megan Elman, Matt Thomas, and myself are putting together a New Year's retreat in Bali. This is an eight-day event for people looking to dive deeper into their soul and balance their inner masculine and feminine energies. It's open to both men and women, and it'll be eight days of breath work, yoga, meditation, exploring the, the local culture. For more information, head over to wildlywoven.com.